the Iron Horse back with us. Sharpie, how are we doing this morning? We're doing good. Hey, always right from Rhode Island. And then oh, nice. uh, a team that I'm seeing today in Kansas City, they have two twins, Promise and Precious Idiero. Oh, really? Precious? Yeah. Precious. But his brother, his twin brother is Promise. Huh. I loved that movie, Precious. <laughs> Never saw it. <laughs> Precious. <laughs> Isn't that the dog's name in Silence of the Lambs? <laughs> Yeah, now we've gone dark. <laughs> oh, my God. How about that Jizzle James? How about Jizzle James in Cincinnati? He's dark. <laughs> How come you go with Jizzle right after we say Silence of the Lambs? Hey, come have on. you guys watch much Clemson basketball? No. No, no, I do they got not. An, they got an assistant coach named Dick Bender. <laughs> fantastic. Oh. Uh, by the way, Gary chimes in. Uh, if you're watching in the stream, you know, we, we, we try to get fancy with our, our names. And <laughs> Gary went with, my name is Luca, and I live on the second floor. And, <laughs> because I woke up today. Do you guys know yeah. what MTV plays at 7 in the morning on Saturdays? Haven't watched I do, MTV I do not. in a long time. <laughs> hey, no. uh, Elijah, MTV is something that three of us grew up on. I, I, thank you. Thank you. And not- they used to play music videos, not just, uh, you know, these reality shows. Um, but they play 80s music. Oh, oh, wow. Ah. And so I hadn't what heard that hear? song in a long time. Yo, oh, that was the song you heard. Okay. All yeah. Right. My name is not Luca, but I, and, and I don't live on the second floor. Well, Florian, it looks like third. That's penthouse. Yeah, I, can't reveal, I, I can't reveal that. Oh, okay. Well, you don't want to get, you don't want to get picked off by a. Well, because I said something negative about listener? snow plowing and why my roads are not plowed. So I don't want them to know where I live. <laughs> ah, gotcha. Fair. Fair. I, yeah. Don't piss skating. off those. Don't want to piss off those salt truck guys. I, I swear to God, this week, I did Please see a, a snowplow in my neighborhood hit back-to-back-to-back to back to back mailboxes as it was driving down the road, and it just left carnage for like a day. Uh, like the rest of the night, there was just like mailboxes sitting in the road. Good for you yeah. having a mailbox. Didn't hit yeah, my mailbox. Yeah, it was, uh, it, it, it was a rough week for people who had to work outside. I mean, I salute oh. the men and women that are mail carriers. And anybody else oh. that had to work outside, absolutely brutal. Yeah, terrible, terrible day. But a good but lesson is coming up. A good lesson is the next time you buy a house, buy it next to the mayor of your city. Mm. Fair. Yeah, that's a good. Call. If you can't afford it, where does where does old Jean live? Uh, I'm assuming stri- Happy Hollow, Dundee. She strikes me as a Western Omaha person. You think? I was thinking more like Happy Hollow, Dundee. Or were you thinking like Twenty Fourth and L? Nah, just more like 50th Dodge-ish, you know, like somewhere in that vicinity. Who knows? Who knows? What the hell are we even talking about? Can we talk let's, sports let's here? Get, let's get to Hawaii. The, yeah. uh, That's where we and, should have gone. I know. I we know. talked with Vogues a little bit about it. Gary Sharp with us, the Iron, Hor- the Iron Horse. And I need to get your take here, grain of salt, clearly, but did you, uh, did you watch a little bit of the Polynesian Bowl last night? Yeah, and I got upset because there were turnovers all over the place. You forget, you forget all-star games, how much substitution there is. Yes. And to be honest, I haven't watched one of these in a while. I used to watch the All-American Bowl in San Antonio. I used to watch that from start to finish because I like the declarations at halftime when we used to have just one signing day. Um, but, yeah, I, I watched in the second half. You know, you had the first throw from uh, Riola to Nelson, and you went, huh? And then uh, watching more of Dylan in the second half, yeah, I, it's kind of it's what I thought for an all-star game. It's kind of actually what I thought for 
the three guys that played, um, I will tell you, Nebraska might have something with an offensive lineman. Mm-hmm. Tom Mua looked pretty good at left guard. He, he kind of blended in. So if you didn't know his number, you, you know, you, you couldn't really focus on him. But I thought he was pretty dominant at guard. I think Nebraska had a good showing yesterday. And Tom Moo is going to be one of the late arrivals, too. Yeah. Most, of the, most of the players will be here in January to go through spring. Uh, but but with that said, I was thinking about this yesterday, guys. How many Samoan, Polynesian, Hawaiian-type offensive linemen have come to Nebraska and haven't made an impact? Not I many. Mean, Tony Tata. You know, it's, it's maybe been, he's it's, a linebacker. Yeah, it's, yeah, but it's been a while. You know, you had that stretch where you had, you had Dom. And then you had Finotti, who I still don't think gets enough run for being as good as he was Finotti as an offensive was a tackle. Beast. And then he, he kind of got put through the ringer, and he had his ups and downs. But uh, Billy Waldrop, Dan Billy Waldrop, yeah. started for multiple years. Yeah, yeah. By the way, Finotti, they had to have special ordered him a helmet. I've literally never seen a human being with a head that big. It was absurd. That dude was – I've never seen a human being built like him before. Yeah, he was, uh, he was so funny. He didn't like to talk. Um but I got to interview him a couple of times. He was Nebraska's version of Andre the Giant. I mean, his hands were ginormous, but he had such a great personality. Man, he would laugh and he would tell stories. And then when you tried to ask additional questions, he was so quiet. But, you know, most of those guys that come from the island, you know, when they leave the island and they go play somewhere, you know, specifically Oregon, BYU, they usually pan out. So mm-hmm. I, I think Nebraska – I think Nebraska adding nice offensive line depth, but I, I think also sprinkling, hey, let's start a pipeline. I think they did that the other day in Colorado. They've been doing it, um, and that's nice to get into the islands because we always talk about, hey, is Mike Cavanaugh going to enjoy his trip out there to recruit? Well, I think Nebraska's serious because now they have a connection on their roster with Donnie and Dom and now Dylan. Gary Sharp with us here, a weekend edition of Hale Varsity. And- Gary, let's get to the position everyone wants to talk about, and that's quarterback Dylan Ryle, his performance last night. Said yesterday on the show you need to take some of the all-star game stuff with a grain of salt. Guys haven't played together. Uh, I mean, it's not like Dylan Ryle is going to be sitting out there in Hawaii a week watching film on the all-star defense. With that in mind, was last night kind of proof that, you know what, interceptions not always a quarterback stat because of of what we saw last night. I I think (laughs) Dylan Ryle... uh, maybe not to blame for any of the turnovers for his offense? Well, he threw a little bit. The, the, fir- the, the, the first interception was a little bit of a duck. I, I will tell you the thing that I wanted to watch. So it's wild how he looks. His mannerisms are so much like Mahomes. He wears 15. He has the haircut. He has that little pitter-patter walk. When he scrambles, you know, he kind of holds the ball out there. He had the, the no-look pass. I think what I saw last night is a kid that has been a quarterback for a long time. And if you are Glenn Thomas and you're working with him, you realize you got a kid that is farther, further along in development than a lot of freshman quarterbacks that you deal with from the footwork, the knowledge, just being able to read the defense, the knowledge of what the other 10 on the field are supposed to do. Now, what will, what will be a challenge is you can't be so willy-nilly and, and showboating because guys are bigger, faster, stronger, and they're going to throw things at you. So I'll be interested to see how he adapts, how quickly he adapts to the speed of the game. But, man, when he has time and he's able to survey the field and just play pitch and catch or unleash the arm, man, there's a lot to like there. That is there. That, watching just sample sizes last night and what Nebraska had last year, 
it gives you hope that he's going to be able to get going quickly in uh, playing quarterback at the Division One level. Gary Sharp with us on the weekend edition of uh, of Hale Varsity, and um, now when you look at when you look at the offensive linemen that that Nebraska is bringing in and who they're bringing back, we mentioned Tamua. Do any of these guys figure in? Does Tamua figure in soon, or do you think Nebraska's offensive line depth is such that you're really not going to be able to be a rookie, whether you're Preston? or bricks that you're bringing in from Iowa, some highly rated guys that Nebraska's yeah. landing. Are they going to have to sit and wait, or are they going to be pressed into action? Um, I like the question. Apparently, Schmitty and Elijah didn't because they both they exited left. the screen. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I got two freak shows here that are running in and out of the okay, house. Okay, that sounds a little personal. That sounds a little personal. <laughs> you know, especially um, if we're talking Silence of the Lambs and all that. This is getting so. So, so like, Bricks is, Bricks is interesting to me. Like, I, I want to see him pass pro. You know, they didn't throw a lot of uh, footballs at Logan Magnolia. But I think they're in a spot where the addition of Mazuka and the guys that are returning, they like their depth without having to use a true freshman. And, come on, let's be honest, it, it's difficult for a true freshman to get on the field and play regularly. You'd like to get him a little bit of a taste. But I think they, they, they like their depth. They like where they're at because I think we talked about this last week. They feel like, you know, they always talk about, hey, I want to get to eight. If we can get to eight offensive linemen, I trust. And it seems like some years they only get to four offensive linemen they trust. Yeah. I do believe that they feel they're in a good spot that they could get to eight. Now, remember, Sam Sledge is one to keep an eye on. Mm-hmm. He didn't play a ton last year, but he developed as the season went along. So he's a guy to watch like in spring. Um, and then some of the other guys that last year – you know, they brought in, they made a commitment to the offensive line, but I think they like the guys that are here and then maybe the guys that are coming in to get them a little bit of taste, but no one they're counting on to say, hey, man, you got to come in and day one, man, you got to be fighting for a starting spot. And, that, and that's a good problem to have. Now, hey, Gary, on the coaching staff, um, rule essentially running it back, bringing in Glenn Thomas, tight end coach is going to slide. I don't know if he's leaving the program or if he's going to slide back to more of an off the field role. He'll be an analyst. Analyst. Okay. So he's sliding into that. So not, not a lot of shakeup there, but behind the scenes, a lot of the operations guys, personnel guys, there's been a little, there's been quite a bit of a shakeup there. Um, Is there, is there something in particular behind the scenes that has to be addressed that maybe was a little bit short that you're aware of, or is this sort of normal attrition based on, I don't know, kind of the the fluid nature of those positions anyways and the fact that Rule had to fill those guys pretty quick. And maybe some of it is they're not happy, so they're leaving. Some of it maybe he's kicking them out. Or is there something behind the scenes that's, that, that was really subpar that Rule's trying to address here? No, I, I don't think there should be an overreaction. Um, maybe a little bit of surprise because a couple of those guys have been with Rule for a long time. Here, here's what Rule has done this year. He did a lot of listening and he did a lot of observing while he was trying to move this program through his first year. And I think, you know, once the season ended, he, he subtly said right after the Iowa game and then in his end of the season press conference that, and I'm going to paraphrase here, that I'm going to go through this program with a fine tooth comb. Mm-hmm. And he listens, he listens to a lot of people that he trusts in the business and then also also people around the state that are in the game of football. And Rule is very observant. 
Rule is a taskmaster, man. Rule grinds. And I'm not saying the guys that aren't here in the recruiting office didn't grind, but Rule's on a whole different level. I, I wouldn't read much into it. You know, they, they told him right after the first of the year that they were going in a different direction, um, and they, they, they move on. But, but they have so many different people off the field that are helping Nebraska football that I don't think they're going to miss a beat. You know, Rule is pretty organized, but, you know, I, again, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't read too much into it. Um, they're good guys. I, I, I know all four that are public. Um, it just, you know, it's, it's year two, and Rule, Rule knows the window has opened, and there's a sense of urgency, and he's always looking to improve. Look at guys. There's such an angst of, oh, my God, they have more than 85 scholarship guys. Look at what they've done this week. They added to the class of 24. Maybe by we talk again next Saturday, they will have added to the class of 24 again. They're always looking to upgrade. They finally are playing big boy football. Instead of giving people loyalty clauses where, hey, I like you, mm. and you know you do an okay job, you can stick around, or the same on the field, they're like, no, it's time to win. We, we need to find every asset that helps us win. So they're acting like big boy football, finally. They're paying people like big boy football, and they're – they're managing a roster like big boy football. And, and with that Three. roster management, Gary, is Nebraska in on maybe a, a five-star offensive tackle from Iowa? Is, is, is Proctor going to be no. a Hawkeye? No, he, I think he's all Iowa. Now, you know his girlfriend goes to Creighton. So he can play for the Creighton football a, team. Yeah, if Creighton had a football <laughs> team, man, they'd have a dominant uh, left tackle. No, I, I think, you know, remember he committed to Iowa, uh, I think, they're gonna they're gonna go and grab the bag, and he will be compensated really well in Iowa. But also, but I don't know, is he gonna be added to the roster? Or is he gonna call plays? That's the thing. Because we're uh, aren't we on about eighty days without an OC at Iowa? Do you think they even need an offensive coordinator though? I mean, really, it's just hand it off a couple times, throw an incompletion, punt. Like <laughs> that's their. You know what? You know, you know why they need an offensive coordinator? Because I feel bad for Phil Parker. Yeah, seriously. That's fair. Yeah. I, I love what Tony White's doing, but pay, pay Parker $700 million and have him be your coordinator. You know, <laughs> buddy Iowa Russ checks in and, and uh, in an email and is like, no, Iowa never burnt that bridge with, with Proctor. They understood the yeah. – they didn't probably like it, but they understood it was, you know, Bama and uh, the uh, – the door was open. And Sharpie, I, I, I've a, heard rumors he is already enrolled at classes at Iowa. So, yeah, I just thought I'd throw the question the, out there. Nebraska made an overture, or at least there was some outreach. But um, Iowa's, you know, home for him. Yeah, his, his best friend. I mean, it's it's turned into a really good high school program just on the outskirts of Des Moines mm-hmm. and Southeast Polk. His best friend was one of their starting defensive backs last year. Okay, Southeast Polk's legit. Yep, yep, yep they're good. Sharpie, get to switch gears. It is Danny Knee Day. It's also a monster response game for Nebraska basketball. Uh, a lot of seed projections say Nebraska's still in. Some say they're they're out, but uh, Nebraska's put themselves in position to, all right, you've got a, a win over the number one seed right now. They're probably one of the top 68 teams right now, but not all 68 get in, obviously. So Northwestern comes to town. So does Danny Knee. And, and I know you were covering Husker Athletics with me, Cranach and I had a just a, a hell of a good time when we were starting our careers 
Coach Nee gave us a ton of time on our college radio show. Yeah, he came yeah, to the he studio. <laughs> he he showed guy. up with, with yeah. Budweiser tall boys. It was it was great. And then Cranach asked him about his roster. <laughs> you got to get your back straight, Mark. You got to get your back straight. Who's going to be off the roster next year? I was right. You're over. <laughs> I was right. But, but I, they, I was Danny, right. the best. He was always a good yes. dude to my dad. Uh, and that's just from a personal standpoint, getting us tickets to the Big 8 tournament. I mean, it was awesome. I love that 93-94 team. They were characters. They were talented. They threw a party, and Danny Nee showed up with the case of beer to party with his guys and then told the cops, I'll, I'll make sure the guys keep the noise down. I mean, it, yes. it, was, yes. it was cool, man, and you were a part of that. You, you got to see it up close. Yeah, I, Coach Nee has always been great to me, and, mm. you know, I hosted his radio show for the last four years that he was the head basketball coach. And, you know, he took some arrows. He took some arrows late in his career. Which sucks. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You also remember I was hosting the show the night he came in and said he was leaving Nebraska on the air. Yeah. Oh, Rutgers. Yes. yes. So yeah. that 93, 94 team, I mean, number, you had so oh. many characters in the big eight back there. You had players and coaches that were characters. And Danny was, I mean, Danny was the first. And it's really interesting because you had side by side coach Osborne and Danny knee, and they oh. both were having great success, you know, on different levels, but great success at the same time. But you had, Two completely opposite guys. Remember, you had yeah. Danny was doing commercials. You remember the Goodrich commu- commercial that he ties. would do? His ties, his sport coat. He was a character. And, man, he embraced being a basketball coach at a football school. And he made Nebraska basketball important. You know, they they found ways, loopholes to get guys on campus. And, man, they had a ton of talent. But Danny was Danny was fun. You know, he he made it fun. He was great to all of us. He loved the fans. Um, he loved being at Nebraska. He he just, you know, everybody's got a story. That's the thing. Like, you've got a story. If you were there the night that Harold Miner sent the Devaney Setter uh, scoring record and 43. Steve Johnson, the great Steve Johnson, no more for Nebraska Volleyball PA, he announces it. And Danny, in the middle of the game, turns to Steve Johnson and he says, who the F cares? And started hollering at him. And he goes, your job's over. In the middle of a game as the ball is going up and down the floor. Um, you know, that 93 team where Schmidt is absolutely right. It's kind of like when, when Nebraska baseball went to the College World Series for the first time, Dan Johnson and Matt Hopper threw this enormous party. And Dave Van Horn drove by, and he's like, I got to go in. So he went in, and it was just a debacle going on inside. But that's what in 93, 94, those guys, they partied hard, but they played harder. And they were a lot of fun, and they were really, really good. And Danny let them be who they were. You remember, I remember when they were down in Kemper, back in Lincoln, it just took over the entire city. The city stopped when Nebraska was playing in the Big A championship. And then they were coming back. So they're driving up Interstate 29. They want to find out where they are in the NCAA tournament. They pulled off at that convenience store. When you get off at Nebraska City on 29 and you start to make your way to Highway 2, they stopped. And once people in the town found out that Nebraska basketball, after winning the Big Eight, was there, they got swarmed. People were coming to the convenience store to see <laughs> Nebraska basketball players as they were trying to find out what seed they were in the tournament. Um, I mean, everybody's got a story. Uh, it was just – it was a place to be. Devaney was packed. There was the dog pound. I mean, 
That was that was fun. Game started at 12:45 on the Phillips 66 after the Phillips 66 pregame show with Doug Bell. They were at 12:45, 3:05. Man, you couldn't get enough of it. It's just unfortunate that at the tail end it went south. Um, you had the walkout where those guys walk into Bill Burns' office and he says, "Get the f out of here. Go back to basketball." As Teron Lou was the only guy that stayed. They win you know, an NIT championship. So the Devaney Center got another banner as part of the apple orchard. But you know, the, 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 tail end, the tail end for Danny was that day on a Monday night where he walked into KLIN, where I was hosting the show. He usually brought refreshments, beer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had to tell him, I said, hey, we, I'm drinking right with you. They don't care if you drink in the studio. But Danny, you can't open up a bottle of beer right next to the microphone. <laughs> I said, and he, what do he do? The next one, and people are like, ah, I love you, coach. Um, <laughs> but he brought refreshments and pizza or something because he was coming straight from the office or practice, and he wanted dinner. That night, guys, he walked in. There was no beer. There was no pizza. His wife was with him, and they had a dog. And I'm like, ooh. He came in, sat down. The dog walked around on the console of uh, the, the radio, uh, the studio. And Danny says, within about 10 minutes, I'm going to Rutgers. And I think Jimmy Williams should be the head coach. And I went, whoa, uh-huh. this is news to me. Phone calls start coming in because people are like, ah, oh, Coach Nee, I love you. Then there's a main call that comes in 11 minutes into the show. It's from Bill Byrne. And John Bishop was answering the phones at the time, and he took the message. He said, he asked me to come outside of the studio, and he said, hey, Bill wants Danny to call him when he gets off the air. And as Bill said, I need my basketball coach to call me when he's done. The next day, Rutgers announces a brand-new head coach. It's not Danny Nee. And after that, you asked Pike Kowski or some of the other guys that were, you know, in the mix uh, – they, they said it was over after that. And you saw attendance waned, and they weren't very good. And unfortunately, in 2000, after they lose in the Big 12 tournament at Kemper Arena, Nick Joes is the color analyst on the radio broadcast, and he's trying to talk about all the positives. And Danny looks at him, and he goes, Ah, Nick, don't even try. It's over. We're done. <laughs> but there, I, I remember there were so it's many amazing. other great times, man. He made it fun. It it was it was cool to be a Nebraska basketball fan. It was really it was a it was the height of Nebraska athletics, men and women, because you had a volleyball championship in there. But man, he was God, he was fun. He was such yeah. a great character. And 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 he was a really, really nice guy. I mean, I don't care, you know, you know this if you sat at the round table at Barry's, you know, yes. sixteen yep. minutes after the game was over, he was drinking with you and telling stories. <laughs> man, he, he was one of a kind and I'm glad he's back today and you know, he, he's still he's still the same coach knee as he always was. He was you mentioned that round table at Barry's where you, you beat Billy Tubbs and his horrendous comb over. It's a Sunday. Oh, yeah. And it, it's a year before they win the big eight tournament. And so you're at that folks are at that round table and, and all of a sudden he starts handing out tickets <laughs> for the big eight tournament in Kemper you know Thursday and he's just holding the court brother in the basement of Barry's I mean it was it was it was cool and well you, our, you, our family got sucked in we went <laughs> and there may or may not have been uh, some Jack Daniels traded with Pike with Chubbs and with with Steve Schmidt at, 
at, at midnight yeah. before the 10:15 tip off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they, 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 you're right, brother. They went hard on and off the court. And I, I just appreciate the characters to, so, to match the talent. So his thing was his whole goal was to be at Barry's before Kent or Warren Swain signed off on the postgame show. So he, he would have he would have somebody pull his car up to one of the closest exits to the floor. He'd have it started. And so he would do his postgame radio show. He would get up. Kent Kent had one more break. Danny would walk out of the building, walk right into his car, and then he would drive to Barry's. And usually he was out of his car and walking to Barry's as Kent was thanking the sponsors and wrapping up. Danny would walk into Barry's. They would have a beer ready for him. He would never sit at the bar. He would usually sit at a table or he'd walk around and talk to people. There's one night I was in there. Um, Coach McBride was in there. Yep. And it was wild. <laughs> oh, effing coach. No, you'll never believe this. Uh, it, it, was, it, it was just like story time. I mean, you know, there's also he had, a, he had an interesting staff. You know, Schmitty, you have a great relationship with Coach Smith. Uh, Coach Bargain was great. Yes. Um, but then you had Jimmy Williams, who was the guy that, man, in the NIL world today where you could pay guys and take care of them, Jimmy wouldn't know what to do. He'd be <laughs> like, whoa. Jimmy Williams would, would stand at the Amigos in downtown Lincoln, and when the bars closed at 2 and basketball players rolled in there, Jimmy would pick up your meal. And if you were nice to Coach Williams, he'd also pick up your meal. He stood there next to Sheriff Woody and watched all the athletes come in. But if you were a basketball player, bam, you got 2 a.m. Amigos taken care of for you. Rest, rest in peace to that downtown Amigos location, by the way. Yeah. That's well, and, 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 and rest in peace to Al Papik, who yes. was huge with Nebraska basketball and yeah. helped, well, um, helped, helped manage. Yeah, you know, another thing, I'm glad you bring up Coach Papik um, because – he, he was the guy that had to tell Danny that he swore too much. Mm. Like, you know, Danny, Danny liked the F-bomb. Oh, like Danny, yeah. might, Danny might cuss today. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so, they, so people, were, people, people were a little upset that, you know, here you got a New York guy uh, who, by the way, you know, played high school basketball with Lou Alcindor. Yeah. Um, a guy who, you know, he's not T.O., T.O. is an F-bomb in the fans or the PA announcer or, you know, all that kind of stuff. So there were some people that were upset in the athletic department and fans about Danny's language. Oh, yeah. So Coach Papik had to go to him. And so they did this thing where Danny wore a rubber band. And if he swore, he had to snap it. Well, there was <laughs> a big true? Time. This is so crazy to hear. This is a, <laughs> they, they, won, they won a game and Danny wanted to go all off like during the game. And so he kind of jokingly looked to Coach Papik and he goes, can I just take this off? Coach, <laughs> Pap Coach Papik said, yes. <laughs> it's so good. Gary, good. Danny said earlier this week, he was on with the, the morning hookup here on, on KFR. He said he was surprised that Nebraska would have him back and honor him. Are you surprised that, that Danny's coming back and that Nebraska would have him back? Hey, no. Because that no. was, that man, that's when a lot of people came into Nebraska basketball. He's the greatest basketball coach Nebraska's had. Here's what is yeah. absolutely crazy about the impact that Danny had. And, man, I thought, you know, that, that, that team with Rich King and Bo Reed that got a three seed up awesome. in the Metrodome, I thought they were going to break through. Yeah. You know, even the 93-94 team who probably was out of gas after that three-game run at Kemper. Um, 
Nebraska's been to one NCAA tournament since he got fired. That's God. 24 years. They've been to one tournament, and that Just was that Miles. Just Miles. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Miles. Ten years 14. ago. Ten years yeah. ago. And, and Miles is probably the closest character to what Danny brought. You know, Doc had his, his uh, quirks, but Miles is the closest character to Danny. I, I'm not surprised they're, they're honoring him, uh, and I'm glad they are. And here's, the, here's a little backstory. So this was, you know, as they're looking for anniversaries and things to do at games, it came up during the summer – hey, we're coming up on the, the anniversary of that 93-94 team. What should we do? And Fred had a big part in this, guys. He was like, we got to get him back. Alumni weekend, we got to get him back. But we got to get Coach Knee back. So Coach Knee actually was called personally by Fred. Didn't know wow. this was coming and called up Danny. And, you know, they've talked before. And Fred Recruited said – Recruited him. Danny, yeah, said to Danny, I would, I would like you to come back because we're going to honor your 93-94 team. It would mean a lot to me as the current basketball coach at Nebraska to have the GOAT come back on that day. And Nee didn't even hesitate. Fred was telling me this story. He didn't even hesitate. He's like, no problem. What do you need? You know, you need me to get some other guys, you know. And they're like, no, we're going to work on that. We just want to make sure you're here. And so they are, you know, his son won't be here. We got to know Patrick a lot, mm-hmm. um, but Coach Nee is here. And, man, they have over 200 alumni. That's pretty cool. Um, I, I wish they would wear, you know, they've worn throwbacks in the past. I tweeted out a picture of an old schedule poster. I wish they would go back to the warm-ups they wore with Those the tearaway so pants. They yeah. had some great warm-ups during Nee's era. Mm-hmm. The, uh, I think the, the 92 or 93 – poster um this was w- against the brick wall with with the the hoop that was yeah. my elementary school they they and I <laughs> oh, lived cool. three doors yeah i lived three doors down from ruth hill elementary and that's where they shot at that hmm. and you know you got a chain around Derek chandler's neck and i don't think they ever put the chain back on the the no. the hoop but it, it was it was why it was it was a party dude it was a party in that golden era yeah did you have a? Did any of you guys have a T-shirt DC SWAT team? I didn't end up buying one. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but let me ask you this, Co. So Elijah, your question got me to think: Does does what Danny Need did at Nebraska become even even bigger and more amazing when we consider that Nebraska basketball in twenty nearly twenty four years since then has only been there one time? Doesn't that help the cause? Absolutely. Yeah, it, I mean, it's, it's wild. You had four. It, he, he, went, he went to five. Oh, was it five? I thought it was he four. He went to four in a row and then lose junior year they went. But, yep. no, I mean, and that's, Sharpie, there's like, despite your point about, all right, one in 24 years, that kind of defines what you are as a program. But yep. there's still the thought of you can get back to, to going every year every other year you can get up to that level and it's not ever been that way because you you either get close and and, and build up to that bubble team yeah and then it's you know someone you move on you know you, you move on from doc you move on from tim and it it does take time to build into a tournament team and it's just not a situation where you go every year and and that's no. and people well, get guys. impatient with that 
Guys, but, think, but the tournament about, is larger too. I know. Well, I'm not saying they yeah. shouldn't be in contention. Yeah. Not at all. I'm I just saying you. it's it, it's what they've been, and this year today's so important to get their mind right. You know, well, I mean, because they, yeah. they've got a good team this year. Think yep. about think about how who he had to do that against too when it was just the Big Eight before moving into the Big Twelve in in '96 was. I mean, you're talking about Norm Stewart, Missouri. You know, you're talking about Roy Williams in Kansas. You're talking Billy about Tubbs. Billy Tubbs in Oklahoma. Eddie you're Sutton. Eddie Sutton, Eddie Sutton in Oklahoma State. State. Johnny Orr at Iowa State. Like, you had, like, good luck, man. Like, that was – it was pretty much K-State just sucked. And, and well, they, they had and Ron they Kruger, though. They, they weren't even that Kruger. But, no, it, but that, in the Big that, 8, but in the Big 8, I'm just saying, they were pro- – like, if you have to stack rank, they were probably mm-hmm. one of the worst ones, and they were pretty damn good, too. It was just uh, – it was an amazing level of competition. Brian Big Country Reeves and yeah. Danny Manning and – Mitch and Richmond. <laughs> Mitch, I mean, on and on and on. Well, I mean, it, it, it's, it's funny. You guys got to witness, like, this era because in my lifetime of watching Husker basketball, it's been they need an act of God to get into the NCAA tournament. Like, no yeah. sit Sunday has to happen and God <laughs> has to intervene and say, you know what, maybe Nebraska deserves something nice. Like, that's my only experience because my entire lifetime, it's like the, the Jeter teams and the, the Tally teams and, and Alec Marks and, and Jorge, uh, what was it, Jorge Brian Diaz, is that right? Oh, God. Yeah. Like, those yeah, are yeah. all the teams where it's just like, man, maybe they can do it this year. And then they lose to Missouri and lose to Kansas and get ousted after getting one win in the Big 12 tournament and say, well, maybe the NIT is okay, too. Like, it required an act of God to yeah. make it in the tournament. But they also had some dudes, man. Danny, Danny wow. and his staff could recruit. They had some big-time players. We've all rattled off our favorite players from that era if that was where you kind of got to know Nebraska basketball. There's guys that are forgotten. I mean, Derek Chandler, Vincent Hamilton, uh, Tony Farmer, Tom Best. I mean, really, really good players. It was – their roster was stacked. And also, you know, in the 90s, the state of Nebraska was churning out some big-time high school basketball players, and Nebraska was benefiting from it. Strickland, Woolridge, Bad Sharpie. Uh, to, to Mark's points here, I mean, you have Danny killed it in Omaha, in the Metro. He got Omaha's best to come to Lincoln. Yeah, and, you know, I, we, we all know the um, rope situation where it went sideways for Tim. Uh, he got some bad advice. They tried to get back in. I, I will say Michael Lewis, at the end of uh, Miles' tenure, Coach Lou really worked hard in the Metro. I, I believe that if Miles had stayed and they had, had shown some progress and Coach Lewis was still on his staff, he was going to snag Chucky Hepburn. Yeah. He had really developed a really good relationship, and they thought they had a good chance with Salas. Um, but, you know, the, the, they had a really uphill battle in Omaha. And I, I'll give credit to Fred. They have really worked hard in the last two-plus years of being in Omaha. Uh, Nate Lesnar and, and Fred. Fred, during the Metro Holiday Tournament here in Omaha, he basically sat at Creighton Prep and watched six hours of basketball. I mean, we're over the holidays. He's yeah. watching basketball. You know, Amari Bynum is somebody from Omaha, Brian, that they have a lot of interest in. Uh, <laughs> you know, they, they, they got a Lincoln kid this year. But it's, it's one of those things. It's an, it, until they start winning. Because the team that is in this town that is winning, kids want to go to. And that's Creighton. So if Nebraska wins, then they can open some eyes. But, but they are working at it. They just need to get that one, and they go, to, they go to Lincoln, and they do really, really well, and then that starts it. Because that's kind of what Creighton has done. Creighton gets the one Omaha guy way back in the day. He does well. 
and it starts, oh, man, that's where I want to go to school. Fred's thing, just like Danny, you have to make Nebraska basketball relevant and important. Well, if, that if, every single game, it's everybody wants to watch. It and sounds be part of. borderline unbelievable now to someone of my age that a true seven footer and Rich King would would go from Omaha to Nebraska. Like it just seems so weird that that like I mean you think of like the national recruitment yeah. of Salas and he'd go anywhere he wanted in the country. That you go back to the nineties and Rich King, a seven footer from Omaha, is going to Nebraska. Like that that just seems so unbelievable to well, someone of my age. Well, that seven footer now, Elijah, was Justin Patton. Yep. Mm. Yep. Who made in the NBA for a bit, uh, a couple years with Creighton. How about uh you also got had some pretty good luck with like Chubbuck, you know Bruce yeah. Chubbuck Jr. Where, where where was he from again? I, it was a smaller town. Atkinson, yeah, yep. Atkinson West Holt. You know, yep. smaller smaller school, and like you know, he was what six seven and vertical leap of probably thirty eight to forty inches. Awesome. So, you know, you, you don't get a whole lot of that either. You don't get a whole lot well, of that and, where you're getting small town Nebraska kids that can compete at that well, level. Well, and then and then all of a sudden you got a kid from Rapid City, South Dakota. Yeah, the Polish rifle. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That's great, man. That's great. That's cool that they're honoring him. And he came in, you know, or D- Danny was, I think, a victim of Bill Byrne kind of professionalizing the Nebraska athletic department. It was pretty mom and pop under Bob Devaney, right? And so that's where you got the characters and people had the autonomy and you could go drink with Bob at the at Barry's and like different deal, different deal entirely. And then Bill turned it into an enterprise, right? He turned it into yeah. a professional enterprise with the real structure and uh that's when all the i mean that's when they hoard out the oscar mission screens and just <laughs> stole like crazy you know and then we're still that. well we're Good still term. living with it today right like we're hoard still... out attain sponsorships i mean well, it's for another it's for another show but um yeah they had to of course of course yeah. absolutely yeah. but yeah. i think danny was sort of like he was kind of like the almost the symbol of yeah. of old Nebraska mom and pop, you know, each team is its own kind of thing to a, a much more kind of professionally run organization that, that Bill brought in. And so it just didn't fit at that point. He didn't fit yeah. anymore, but hey. damn, he was fun. Hey, shouldn't they have been playing this game today in the Devaney center? Well, you know, the state basketball tournament plays in the Devaney center and you got, you know, 57,000 lines on the floor. That would have been a unique thing. Now, I, you know, today they're going to have, what, 14,000, so you wouldn't be able to have 14,000 at the Devaney Center. But I hope they go all in because uh, this, uh, this is a cool deal. You know, it's the thing about all of us being Nebraska basketball fans is you go through the torture of a game like Wednesday night, mm-hmm. but, man, we can rattle off like nostalgia. Elijah's naming guys that I haven't thought of in a while. I'm very disappointed you did not mention Andre Almameda, oh, the Brazilian steakhouse. Oh, yeah. But it's just, you know, it's like one El thing when Grande. Nebraska basketball. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Nebraska basketball, the return on investment that we all give to it is so lacking, but we can't say no. But, man, our nostalgia for Husker Hoops is unbelievable. I can't tell you, I went down the YouTube uh, hole yesterday watching – you know, Chubbuck racing down the floor to block a shot. Jamar Johnson, a win against Michigan State where Steve Smith and Mike Poplowski got denied. I mean, all of that kind of stuff. It's just kind of – it's the unique thing about a Nebraska basketball fan. And people from the outside go, why? You guys have never won an NCAA game. You've been to the tournament one time in 24 years. And we go, you won't understand. It's Nebraska basketball. We can't quit. <laughs> and we haven't even brought up Kamani Friend yet. Two Fs. 
two yeah, outs. Tamani was it, good. Dolman was on the call of that Kansas game, which is yeah, not, him and Bill Landis on yes. Prime Sports. In terms of pure talent, give me Kamani Friend out of out of Nebraska's all time roster. Top him. You got anybody? Ooh, pure talent. Pure, pure, I'm talking Barber. pure talent. Pure athleticism Ooh. and talent. Kamani oh, Friend is up there, big time. Top they, five. They ripped him from Georgia Tech. Yeah. Which was yeah, nuts. It's, yeah, he had some issues with Nebraska basketball. Oh, I don't, he think, he's, I, I don't think he's back today. No, no, I'm not saying that the guy was a uh, – Isn't you know, he like on lockdown abroad? I, I wasn't saying he was a character guy. I'm just saying in terms of sheer athleticism and talent. Sheer, okay, sheer athleticism. Brand was um, another planet. Yeah, I'll give you that. I think the best player is is Lou. Probably. Yeah, fair. I think I mean, the guy that the guy that diminutive fair. that took over basketball games. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. Probably best all around player. Strick is up there in terms of best yeah. all around athlete, obviously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they had some jump. They had some. It, it's pretty much like you look at today's roster, look at Nebraska's roster, and they and they're 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 a solid bubble team. We know that solid basketball team. But in terms of sheer athleticism, no. Nah. They, they don't they don't have much of that. It's so did you guys see the uh, the tweet earlier this week that's just like man guys can sit around for three hours and just name obscure athletes and have the best time ever. That's <laughs> us this morning. It's just yeah. four guys hey, sitting around naming obscure Husker do. basketball it's, players is having the best it's, time. It's it's dudes naming dudes. <laughs> so it was good. I want to I want to go here before we we wrap it up. I mean, give me some Clifford scales. Scales oh, was nice. The old MJ tribute with the knee brace. Yeah. So who do you think? Jose Ramos. Would, yeah. <laughs> see, see how easy it is to derail the conversation? Schmidt's got a point, but you just throw in another waiting. name. <laughs> I, I, I woke up early this morning and I was like, <laughs> when do we have a Jose Ramos bomb? I was going to put odds out. Who says Jose first? And Sharpie comes through at 918 Central Time. Hey, the man had a – so he was, he was a transfer. He was from Miami. He Florida, would walk right? around campus – in a full-length fur coat with a huge Philadelphia 66ers, 76ers logo imprinted on the back of a fur coat. He got around, man. Then Al Al Papik had to ask for that fur coat back. (laughs) Are we forgetting about Tom Wald, by the way? Oh, no. Uh, Tom Wald still lives in Nebraska, I believe. I loved Wald. He was a Mankato State transfer. Yeah, he was – he Three was a blue bomber. guy. I mean, Chris Cresswell. Yeah. Wald was a 47% three-point shooter in his, his last mm-hmm. year. Uh, he would – yeah, he would uh, – he'd be the guy that would either hit from Beatrice or Scott's Bluff on the floor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where yep. the map was. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. The original uh, case. Yeah, the Devaney, the, hey, the Devaney Center was one of a kind. You know, you had the planks that were up in the C-section – um, oh, he, had that old, he had that old yeah. scoreboard towards the tail end of the Devaney Center. He had that god-awful floor that had the, the, the lane from the three-point lane in was colored, and they had the basketball at the free-throw line. But they also, for the longest time, the Devaney Center, um, and I think Colorado is the last major college basketball program that still have the baskets that come down from the ceiling. Really? Uh, yeah. That's right. It would come down from the top. Uh, Sharpie, uh, as we wind down here, uh, Mikey we, Moore, Mikey was nice. That's 12 years. Hey, he had a nice NBA career and he had lots yeah. of snakes. 
He's a reptile. Yeah, Jason Glock. What's up? Glock yeah, Jason was Glock was a great player at Wahoo. He was Jason an integral Glock, part Wahoo of those finest. teams, but he doesn't get brought up much. But again, that was the stretch in the '90s, man. There were there were some dudes that were hooping it up on on Nebraska high school. I mean, you talked about Chubbuck. His school, Schmitty, was it a C school? C one. Yeah, and he comes to Nebraska, and he was a baller. He was great. Well, Sharpie, this was good, brother. Uh, I'm headed down today to to cover the game and hopefully get a chance to to bump into to Coach Nee. Uh, just I smile when I think of Danny and uh, what he did at Nebraska, but just the personality. And it's it's really awesome. Nebraska fans get a chance to to say thanks another time. Yeah, I, I yeah. you know isn't it interesting, guys? Because we did this with Solich last spring. Mm-hmm. And with Danny, and there's a love affair for Doc. Yeah. This is a unique Nebraska's a unique place where some coaches that weren't necessarily great, but gave us memories are beloved here. Now the ones that probably will never be, you know, welcome back, we know. But it's just you don't you don't see this in a lot of places where some former coaches that got fired are still embraced. Like Tim Miles is still yeah. embraced. Well, he, just, I think yeah. that's a Nebraska thing. Bo Pelini, if he ever got honored in Nebraska, and I don't think he ever comes back. But Husker fans would love to see Bo back at Memorial Stadium. No, I, and that's where I'm going. They need to honor Bo and say thanks to Bo. And I know there's fans who couldn't stand him or don't like him, but he did a hell of a good job. And he, yeah, he won't come back, but they, they absolutely need to, to bring him back. Nice yeah, to be I, back with you, fair weather fans. <laughs> just kidding. He wouldn't say that. He, yeah, he might. Yeah, you know what? That, that is one guy. So, gosh, if I'm going back here, you know, Rule, Rule talked to Scott. Um, he talked, of course, to Frank and then to T.O. Did he ever say if he talked to Bo? I think he said he reached out. I don't know if they had ever crossed paths. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, that would, be, that would be interesting. It's just, you know, Danny, Danny will get a huge support. I hope, I hope they give Danny the mic today i do too oh god i want that how are they they got to extend halftime then like it's you know he's <laughs> going to be going into the second i, half. I will tell you so I've, I've i've you know danny will be as emotional as danny knee can be mm-hmm. today i just I, I think this means a ton to him that's good sharpie thanks uh, for popping in brother always love our chats on saturday mornings man this is good and have a good call tonight all right Hey, thank you. And, you know, maybe next week we can talk about the start of weightlifting and maybe a mat drill or two. Yeah, we'll get winter conditioning underway as the, the team's back. And appreciate the uh, the iron heart. Sharp, you take care, brother. Thanks, Thanks again. Guys. Right, there thank he is. You, sir.